Hey, welcome to the Race to Alaska podcast, The Daily Fix. My name is Daniel Evans, race boss for Race to Alaska. Let's get at it. All right, so today is the 21st. Two teams have come in today to catch a can, but before we get to that, I need to have a tracker junkie moment. Has anyone noticed that Team Heart of Gold has been buddy-boating with Team Freya? Yeah, that's until Team Heart of Gold passed Freya and is now north of him. Now, I don't know if anyone remembers, but Team Freya is a guy named Mark, and he was going to double-hand, then single-hand was what he did. He ended up with, like, swollen fingers that were hard to move. He had some kind of saltwater thing going on on his tuchus, and he had electronics breaking left and right on him. And then he finally made it into Port Hardy. There, he had two days of that whole petty manny treatment. He got his fingers taken care of. He was in saunas. He was doing the hot tubs. He was getting massages, and he came out ready to roll. I figure one of two things has happened. Uh, hopefully not both. But one, his swollen hands are getting back to him now that he's a couple days, few days out in it. Two, Carl Kruger continues to prove that he is cut from a cloth that I have not experienced before. Either way, it's pretty cool to watch. All right, back to the action. We had two teams that finished today. It was North to Alaska and Global in that order. What's cool is both of those boats had people on it that worked for Global Diving and Salvage. And they were racing each other. Well, it looks like North to Alaska won by a bunch of hours. The final piece I'm going to play is Team Global talking about what it was like when they broke their boom in Hecate Strait. But just before that, we're going to look at North to Alaska, and I'm going to play a little audio clip for you. I don't know, because I think it's, um, you know, this whole time I've been saying, like, I don't know how they're moving north so quick. I don't know what they're doing. I don't know what they're doing. And I think I found out what it is today at the dock. So you have a listen to this, and then I'll tell you what I think. All right, let's do this. Hi, Daniel! The condescension comment aside, I mean, listen to that voice. I mean, do you hear that? That voice does not live in a reality where that boat doesn't make it to catch a can. That is not a almost voice. That is not a pull out and port hardy voice. That is not a Victoria is good enough voice. And I think that's really part of it. You know, what I haven't talked about yet is that Henry is the youngest person to have ever completed the race to Alaska. And he did it as the captain of the team that he was on. I mean, this stuff is just incredible all the way around. But I'm going to say that I think it's that thing. It's that thing where they had all decided that this is going to happen. And there really wasn't a reality that was going to change what that was. And so when they decided they needed to go, I mean, rowing was maybe the thing. But the will, you know, it's hard, right? It's hard to nail it down. But something has propelled them forward. And I feel like I hear it in Henry's voice right there. Now, condescension, let's talk about that for a second. Yeah, probably. 
damn kids doing stuff cooler than I was doing when I was 16 turning 17. It's amazing, right? But no, the fact that when I say net shed, I love that. I can't, I mean, they built it in a, what I'm calling a net shed. And they built it out of aluminum. I can still remember them sitting in my office, his dad and him saying, look at this on a book. We want to build this. This is awesome. And I have the utmost respect for them. And the utmost respect for their finish and the fact that Henry is now the youngest ever to complete this race. And will probably stay there for a while. But hey, young kids out there, prove me wrong. Hey, we're going to move on to Team Global. And they're going to have a chat about what it was like to break a boom out in Hecate Strait. Now, remember, they were making a move, and this was after Shearwater, and they decided to head out. And when all the other boats were heading up into the islands, because they thought they had a pretty good chance for win, because their boat's heavy. It's around 6,000 pounds. I think it's the heaviest one in the race this year. And, and one of the things that they knew was it sucked in light winds, but, man, in the big winds, it could get going fast, especially downwind. So they were set up for this beautiful night, overtaking a lot of boats that were hanging out in the islands, afraid of the wind. And uh, getting, a, getting a pretty good advantage over everyone else when this all happened. So let's hear what they have to say, and then we'll just cut out for the night. All right, y'all. Thanks a lot. All right, we're here with Team Global. They just got in, and uh, we thought we'd just talk a minute about what it was like out there in Hecate Strait and your boom. Yeah. Yeah. Windy. Well, we yeah. did go looking for wind, <laughs> just because we were, yeah, kind of sucking in light winds. Bit and we got tired of you know one one knot two knot so it looked you. like it might be windy out there so we went for it. <laughs> we knew it was going to be windy. We were hoping to ride you know in front of the game. Yeah, yeah. It, it was supposed to be. Turns out it north. pretty much got up with us. How high were the winds? 30, 35. I mean. And the swells got kind of big, so at some point Elon decided to rig a preventer, and we went surfing down a wave. And I said, "Watch the oh," <laughs> and the boom snapped. That was it. Yeah. It's not a scary noise or anything. I mean, aluminum failing is very quiet. <laughs> it fails quietly. Yeah, I didn't actually quickly. hear I didn't yeah. hear the, um, the boom snap at all. I just heard them swearing about it afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty windy, and it was just kind of a, well, now what? Yeah, so we took the sail down, and then it was actually still hanging there by just, like, this little tiny shred of aluminum. And she was like, we need a snack, you know, before we do anything. <laughs> oh nice, nice. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Just pause, have a snack. So we sat there and munched on some bar yeah. and talked over what the materials were that we had on board. And which, yeah. which wasn't much. So, we're yeah. like, so we talked about a couple evolutions. The, first, um, the other tiller, which theoretically is in yeah, the village somewhere. Tiller. It's probably still oh. there. I, I we couldn't never find it. it. <laughs> I went very far down one of those um, hatches. And I so you, but it. we have one. When you all were like... Um, talking about it were you just on your jib kind of surfing down the wind yeah. yeah yeah we never i think if you go back and look at the tracker you probably can't even tell when it happened because we just kept on that line that was perfect yeah mm-hmm. yeah um so yeah we started and then we're like okay well we've got carbon fiber boards like, well, but we might need those, might need those. <laughs> now more than ever and yeah we're just going through all the materials kind of occurred to us we've got two rowing stations one for the cockpit which we don't use very often because it's kind of it's in the way when we set it up like, that's some pretty heavy duty aluminum and it was actually i mean it's thicker than the the mast or the boom itself mm-hmm. so once we thought about that we're like, okay how are we going to splice this together splash zone <laughs> splash zone gorilla tape and dyneema for those who don't know what is splash zone and dyneema 
Splash Zone's two-part epoxy that'll cure underwater. It'll stick anything to anything. Uh, yeah, so we just had some kind of utility Dyneema on board. That, um, and Dyneema's synthetic fiber that's as strong or stronger than steel. Mm -hmm. uh, so It was supposed to be um, shoulder straps for backpacking ukuleles, but Elon was willing to sacrifice it for oh. our boom fix. Oh. So now we owe him some Dyneema. <laughs> you were talking about where you went in to do the boom. Uh, the spot you pulled in. You want to yeah. just describe what that's like? Um, yeah, was it Barrowman Bay? Yes. Yeah, so when we, we called the Coast Guard, after we kind of decided what we are going to do, we called just to let them know what was going on. We did check-ins, and they recommended this place. It was 12, 12 miles-ish yeah. away, so it took us 10 hours-ish. Yeah, to get there, yeah. I think we broke the boom around 5 p.m., and we got into the anchorage about yeah. 5 a.m. Really bad visibility, so I'm pedaling. It's going to be a mile. We know somehow, like based on GPS, that we're surrounded by various rocks and islands, but you can't see any of them. Whoa. And we finally, and we were trying to get into this pretty narrow entrance, and it took us what, like three tries? Mm -hmm. Yeah, to we get in there. We couldn't point very high. With okay, yeah, engine, we just couldn't, so. didn't have a ton of control. We finally got in there. I'm just like pedaling my ass off. I'm like, because they're discussing like you know what to do, and, and she can't hear. I can't hear anything. I'm like, hey, is there a plan? <laughs> I was like, can you please, can you please tell me? <laughs> we're gonna make it. No. Uh, so I'm just like pedaling my ass off and we get in there and we come around the corner and there's just like this floating like lodge with huge spotlights on it and like five you know big power boats and people big. running around inside tons at of people 5 yeah and we were freaked we're like <laughs> what are these people happening? doing here what is this place this is so creepy and we woke up in the morning and realized fishermen wake up at 5 a.m and they need lights it's still dark make coffee and go fishing yeah. So how long did the fix take to do? You know, we, uh, oh, can you describe, can you describe the fix? Sure. Yeah. yeah. So we started at five. We broke it at five, basically. Yeah. So yeah. first they pulled off the longer piece and laid it down in the cockpit while we're sur boom. surfing down waves. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. I guess the first thing I noticed was the boom's black and that paint was just flaking off. And so we talked about using Splash Zone and we're like, okay, it'll stick great to the paint and the paint's just going to rip right off. So... We didn't really have sandpaper or anything handy anyway, so we found a hose clamp and we we're just like shaving the paint off. The hose clamp. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, roughed it up, and then we forgot to bring rubber gloves for the splash zone, so we sacrificed Caroline's gloves to mix the splash zone, and Emily spread it on the first section, and then we put the rower I beam yep. on, and we then sanded it, gorilla taped it, and yeah, we, we tried to sand, sand that too. Yeah, uh, gorilla taped it on there while the zone cured. Yeah, and then lashed that on, realized it lashed it on, and then... So we had it, we had it prepared when we went into the harbor and just put it on until the morning. Oh, okay. And the Dyneema was oh, supposed to Oh, wait, so you did that, you did the repair underway? underway. Oh, yeah. Oh, we had it already, on. we just yeah. decided we were heading in there, we'll take a nap, and then we'll put it on and leave after a little sleep. Yeah, 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 okay. Yeah, we, well, I mean, a few reasons. We didn't know how strong it was going to be, we kind of wanted to test it out, and you know, it, was, it was still blowing, really strong man <laughs> it actually i mean it got worse as we were doing like the waves got way bigger while we were fixing it true so all that and then gorilla tape over it and then you lash the piss out of it yeah uh-huh yeah basically yeah, the gorilla tape is mostly just it was to hold the the i-beam in place when the splash zone was kicking off because we couldn't hold ourselves in place yes. yeah you know, a little it is a little tippy this thing um, it, yeah it works out pretty well though i mean katie steered the whole time I mean, for, yeah, for 12 hours straight, just like hanging on that tiller and surfing down. So at one point, Waves. there were two tracks on the GPS. My eyes were crossing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and then 
captain of fixing the boom. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Captain of MacGyver. Put, put tape where he told me to. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's caused no problems, right? And so the yeah. next morning we, we tested it out and we're like, oh, Katie said, let's start with the third reef in. And I mean, it was only 10, 15 knots of wind at that point. And um, yeah, it seems okay. And so we shook a reef out and seemed okay. Shook a reef out, seemed okay. And finally, you know, we hit some weather today and we did some more accidental jiving today. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, fine, yeah. Seems good. Mm-hmm. I think it's fine. Oh yeah, sure. It's only 750 miles. I mean, it looks miles. awesome. While we were on the radio of the Coast Guard, they're telling us where this Barwon Bay is, and we're just like, we're looking at the GPS, like spanning in, spanning out. We're like, where, where is this thing? You know, it's like looking all along the west coast of the island. Um, and they gave us coordinates, repeated them a few times, and I'm like writing them down like mad in the dark on whatever random piece, like some book. But um, and I'm like, okay, okay, I got the coordinates, I got it. And then I go and look at the GPS, and I was like. Spanning him was like, there's nothing at these coordinates. Oh, that's us. Damn it. <laughs> telling us where we were. And, and he was saying, here's your coordinates and you're like 23 degrees off or something like that. You know, I thought what we heard was he was giving us coordinates yeah. to this bay. And I was like, there's nothing here. Oh, damn it. That's where we were 15 minutes ago. <laughs> and he must have been like, why do they keep on asking us for their own coordinates? <laughs> this is suspect. <laughs> You can follow it all at r2ak.com. This is Daniel Evans, race boss for Race to Alaska. <laughs>